Life comes with the unexpected. The unexpected change of plans, the unexpected detour, the unexpected hurt. You didn't see it coming. You were taken by surprise. He shows up in ways we would have never imagined. And there, he reveals his glory. In that moment, for those who believe, the unplanned and unscheduled leads to something else unexpected. The arrival of joy. Glad you're here today. We are celebrating uh, with six today who have said, I'm making my statement of faith public here with baptism today. So we're excited about that. Amen. It, uh, it's one of the things that Jesus instituted and said, this is one of the ways that you put into public, into action, what you say you believe in your heart. There's belief and then there's baptism. There's belief, and then there's obedience. So what a great picture. That, that word baptism has meaning. Now, it's been funny to me over the decades to watch words come and go, and the meanings of those words change, right? And so, uh, of course, I know people in all spectrums of life. I lived through uh, part of the 60s, all of the 70s, the 80s, 90s, and so on up till now. And I've, I've listened to some interesting words and phrases come and go during those times. So, for example, back in the 70s, there were some words that were like popular, phrases that like meant something in that day that today if you said some of these same phrases, you might get a funny look, right? So if you're still saying groovy, right? You're just revealing something about yourself. So if that's your word, that's all right. But it was a word that's popular in the 70s. It was groovy. That was something you really liked and thought was really cool. It's groovy. Or cool. Now, that's one of those that's kind of transcendent. You know, it's lasted over the decades. But cool came alive in the 70s. Another phrase was, can you dig it? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Can you dig it? Yeah. Say it again. Yes, right on was one of those as well. And here's one that really, this one died out pretty quick. No one says anymore, jive turkey, right? <laughs> you don't say that anymore, right? But that was a phrase in the 70s. It, it meant something. And something, yeah. Uh, we said, out of sight. Man, that's out of sight. That's awesome, you know. Or far out. That's far out, man. So the 70s had those phrases. But the 80s soon came along. And there was a different set of words that came along, of course, in the 80s. Words like tubular, man, tubular. I don't know where that came from. I'm not sure what it means except something positive, but tubular. Don't say that anymore, all right? Gnarly, that's gnarly, dude. That's not one we use anymore, right? Or this one still gets used a lot, totally. We don't say it with quite the totally do you know, anymore, but totally was a word that came out of the, the 80s as well. Or adding the word like to everything, like tubular, like gnarly, like totally. There are some people that still do that, but like was one of those words. Another one that I, I used a lot during high school and college years, ah, you're such a spaz, right? You know, it's kind of a insult kind of thing, right? Or, or one that I don't know that I ever said, but I heard a lot of people say it, gag me with a spoon, right? If it was something you found really distasteful, you said, gag me with a spoon. It was mostly girls, I think, that did that. So the 90s came along, though, and they brought their own set of words as well. It was out of the 90s that came, dude, 
right? That was still, that one's managed to hang around a lot, but dude became the way you started almost every sentence. Dude, everybody was a dude, it seemed like. And then uh, another one out of the 90s was homie. You know, you're my homie, right? That phrase came out. Uh, if you didn't like something, you would diss it, D-I-S-S, diss to diss something, that came out of the, the 90s as well. And then out of the 90s, of course, it was the time of uh, the internet, it was the time of beginning of texting and so forth. So now phrases that we use came out of the texting you know, genre, so we would even say things like LOL, you know, like, what? Yeah, laughing out loud, you know, LOL. So that came out of that time period, LOL, OMG, or even the phrase, my bad, you know, that all came out of that 90s period. So I won't go through the 2000s, those are too close to us, but I want to give you some words that are actually part of the, this decade, all right, the 2010s. And there's some words that are kind of new. You may be using those, you may not be, but I wanna educate you on a few of these. So if you're not up with current culture, which I still live with some young people in my house and hang around, so I get to hear these words from time to time, and sometimes I have to go look them up, all right? So if you hear someone say, yes, right? Right? That means they're pretty enthusiastic about that. It's just an extended form of yes. I don't know why you have to say yes, but just, just say yes. If you get in a situation and someone says something and you just don't know where you can take them, you know, at what they're saying, you say, bruh, bruh, with a little question mark on your face, you know? So just, you can use that B-R-U-H if you're looking for how to say that. That's how you say that. It's kind of like seriously, all right? If something is like really going well, my kids will laugh at me if I say this in a, in a situation, but you can use the word lit, right? <laughs> right? And that, that party was lit, all right? I mean, it's going pretty well, all right? OMG, right? So, now, if someone is pretty aware of what's going on, they're very alert, they're very kind of in the know, you can say, dude, they are so woke, Woke. It's like, you know, a version of awake. They are woke. You're, you're in. You're, you're up. You're, you're caught up on the situation. If someone's kind of angry or bitter, you can say, dude, they're so salty. They're still kind of salty over that whole thing, right? Right? You've heard these words before, right? Yes, you've heard some of these, right? Now, if someone is like purposefully trying to be irritating or try to, you know, upset some other people, what you call them is a troll. You're such a troll, man, I'm trolling everybody. You're upsetting other people, you're, you're antagonizing, you're a troll, okay? Now, I said this word the other day in a setting, I knew I'd get a reaction out of it, my family, and I did. So if you're in a situation and, and, and you are confused, you're kind of shocked, you don't know, you're kind of in disbelief, you can say, man, I was so shook about that, just so shook. Shook. It's like a form of shake, right? It's shook. And then I know you know this. This is an abbreviation. It's actually a word. Goat. G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. Usually in our house, it's used in reference to Tom Brady. So, right? (laughs) Are you dissing him, right? (laughs) 
Oh, man. So I bring that all around to one more phrase that's used today. And this one, this one is very fresh. It's very new. So if you really want to get in, you want to, make a, you want to make a difference with your young people that you know, try this phrase. Here we go. You ready? Full send. There you go. Anybody in the room use full send? Thank you. Thank you. The young do. All right. So here's a little education. So if you have a phone or a computer and you have typed out a text or you have typed an email, what, do you, what is the last thing you do? You hit send, right? So maybe you've had this occurrence where you've typed something out, you've texted, print, typed the email, and you have this moment of pause like, hmm, do I really want to send this? Do I really want to make this go? Because if I do, something happens. You can't retrieve it, right? It's, it's gone. It's out there. And so you think about it a moment, and you realize, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to send it. That's another version of this you can use. Send it. So the idea is, if you are really in, and you know this decision is about to, it's going to have an impact, but you've thought that, and you're going to do it, it you're all in on it, you, you, you're full send. All right? So if someone's going to be fully in on a situation. They're totally engaged. I'm all in. Nothing held back. I'm on nothing, nothing reserved. I'm all in. You say, I am full send. You want to say that with me just so you can see like you've said it? Here we go. Full send. There you go. See, you're up now. You are caught up with the times. So when Jesus talked about baptism, he was talking about someone who believed in him and was full send. Right. Because you were all of a sudden saying, I believe here, but I'm, I so believe it that I'm willing to put it into action. I'm willing to put it into public. I'm willing to put it in front of everybody and go full send on this deal. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to reserve. I'm not going to keep it a secret. I'm not going to type out the text and think about it and not send it. I'm doing this thing. I believe. I trust. I'm confident. I have faith. I don't understand it all. Full send. I'm in. Right? So I want to show you a short passage today before we actually do some full send here. Right? <laughs> So today, Mark 16, if you have your Bible, you can turn there and follow me. If you've got your phone, cellular device, whatever it is, you can follow me there, Mark 16. We're toward the end of that chapter. The time period is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. Jesus has resurrected. Jesus has returned to his disciples. He is talking with them, meeting with them, discussing with them, challenging them. And he sits down in one particular meeting and Jesus kind of senses around the room because he knows. He can just be in a room and know everybody's heart. He can tell in this situation that the 11, the ones who have walked with him, the ones who've talked with him, the ones who've watched the miracles, the ones who've watched everything, the ones who saw him take taken out of the garden, the ones who saw him crucified, the ones who are now seeing him resurrected, Jesus can tell now sitting with them, they're not full sinned. They're not all in. They're hesitating. They're uncertain. They're kind of skittish about this whole thing. This is where our passage begins, Mark 16. It says, later he, Jesus, appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those 
who had seen him after he had risen. Jesus is sitting with them, and he starts talking with them, and pretty soon the conversation gets just a little bit tense because Jesus is confronting their lack of full send. Jesus is dealing with this idea that when he was resurrected, which he was fulfilling a promise, he told them he was going to do. He said this would happen. It happened. Others came and told the 11, and they did not believe. They weren't so sure about all of it. They weren't full in on the deal. They were a little uncertain about it. They had, as the verse says here, some unbelief and some hardness in their heart. They had, a, they had some pieces in their heart where they said, you know, I, we've kind of walked this path, but I don't know that I can go all in on it. I don't know that I can go full send on this. There's some parts in their heart that they were just, they were a little stubborn still. There were some parts in their life that they were just saying, I don't know if I can really you know, go all in on this. I don't know that I can trust him in this. I don't know this really is what it is. I don't know that it's really what it's supposed to be. And, and I don't know. I've just got some hurts that have happened in the past. I've got some stuff that's happened to me. I've got some stuff I'm involved in right now. I've got some stuff I'm trying to control my life right now. And, and if all this is real, like Jesus says it is, it's going to mean I've got to be all in. I've got to be fully committed. I've got to go all the way with this thing. I'm not sure I'm ready to do all of that. I've got to maintain a little bit of control. I've got to keep this room to myself over here. I'm not sure I can and go all in. And this is where they are. And Jesus is talking with them. And Jesus loves them enough to, first of all, sit down with them at the table. He didn't say, you bunch of losers, I'm not even going to eat with you. No. He came and he sat down with them. But then he started talking to them one-on-one. -on -one. Started addressing where they lived. He said, guys, why didn't you believe? Why didn't you accept what is true? Why are you holding back? Why are you keeping part of your life for you? Why are you not trusting me all the way on this thing? Why are you not believing? This is the greatest news ever. This is what has been planned from the beginning, from before the foundations of the world. This is the moment, guys. Why don't you believe? And Jesus is having this conversation with them. He's challenging them. He's confronting them. But he calls them into this new life. He goes on in the next verse, and he says this, that Jesus said to them, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Guys, what has happened here is a calling now for you to go all in. I don't mean a little, I mean a lot. I don't mean what you can figure out, I mean all the way. In fact, here's the deal, 11. I'm calling you today to go not just to your neighbor, not just to your community, not just to the region that we live in. I'm calling and challenging you today to be ones who go into all the world. And these were men who did not have the internet to make that happen. These were men who didn't have an Uber to take them. These were men who didn't have Southwest Airlines or United or whatever it is. They didn't have a way like we do today, yet they were challenged with a vision for something big, massive. Jesus says, look, what has happened changes everything. 
And now I'm calling you to a life that is bigger than you can imagine. Your life should now be shaped with a passion to make sure you go into all the world. And here's the deal. He says, I want you to preach the gospel, he says, to every creature. Your, your, your purpose now in life has changed. Your goal is now different. You may end up operating businesses. You may continue to be fishermen. You may be carpenters. But what drives you as a carpenter, fisherman, businessman is now you're going to be one who says, my goal above what I do is to make sure I represent and take the gospel around the world. This is a full send, all in life. And Jesus is challenging them to that. Jesus is calling them to that. To preach the gospel, make sure this now drives everything you do. But then Jesus offers some, some more instruction. Some word that offers a little bit of concern. And Jesus says this in the next part of the verse or passage. He says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. This is the good news part. This is the first part of what I'm about to say, Jesus said. Those who do believe when you go, those who do hear your message and they choose to believe and they're baptized, they do both of those things. They believe here and they outwardly manifest it. They believe and are baptized. They believe and obey. You know, that's really what has to happen before we can really be saved. It can't be this just secret thing that happens in here because the reality of what happens in here shows up out here, right? You can't say that you believe and not obey. You can't say you love God and hate your brother. You can't say you believe but not go through the water. You can't say you believe but not in your home and on the job and on the highway not live out what he is in us. Amen? It's full send life. You can't just have it typed out but not send it. You got to type it. You got to hit send. You got to believe it and you got to go. You got to believe and be baptized. Baptism doesn't make you saved, but believing and obedience does. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, it says in the book of Romans. Both of those are essential. That's when the real change happens. You believe and you obey. You receive and you act on it. You take part in what he has called you to do. Baptism is the full send. No hesitation. Nothing held back. No reserving some secret parts of my life. Jesus, I'm all in. It's a beautiful picture, really. It's a picture of, uh, of death. We're going to bring these six up here in a little bit, and we'll be here. And I'll lay them back in the water as a picture of Jesus' death. He died for us. He died to show his love for us. He took upon himself our sin, our guilt, our shame, and he died so that we wouldn't have to. 
And then he was resurrected. He was brought back to life. Baptism is a picture of Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection. He came alive so that not only would you and I have our sin paid for, but his righteousness would be given to us. Wow. So I wouldn't have to pay the debt I owed, and then he gives to me what he deserves, and he calls us his own. He blesses us. He gives us an inheritance. He gives us what he has achieved by his obedience. So baptism is a picture of the the death and the resurrection of Jesus, but it's a picture of my death and resurrection as well. For each one that's going to be baptized, they're making a public statement today of, before this day, before I believed, I walked in guilt, shame, sin, and fear of judgment from God. But today, that life ends. I now die to who I used to be, the one who was caught up, addicted, selfish. That's who I was. But that dies today. The one who was condemned, the one who was guilty, the one who was filled with shame, that dies. But they don't stay dead. They are resurrected to new life. They are brought into new life in Jesus Christ. They're given peace with God. They're giving hope with God. They are given love from God. And they raise up and now they walk in that. And that's who we are as a church. Those who are now walking in obedience to what we have been made. Amen? It's full send. I used to be, but I'm not any longer. I now believe in what Jesus has done. I now obey what Jesus has called me to obey, and I make it public. I bring it full circle. The last part of this verse says this, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Wow, this is the sad part of the verse. This is the part there's some concern with. This is the part where you have a little bit of angst and a little bit of compassion well up within you because we all know people in our life who are not living full sin. We all know people who maybe sometimes play the church game. We all know people who say one thing but do another. They're not full sinned. And Jesus said, those who do not believe, those who can't accept the lordship of Jesus Christ over their life, those who cannot accept forgiveness, the gift of acceptance, those who can't receive that, he says, they will be condemned. In fact, they are actually already walking in that condemnation. They're filled with the weight of what they've done. I'm going to tell you another Riley story. Riley's our granddaughter. Um, This past week, we're all at the house. It's Christmas. You know, we're playing. And uh, there's a little toy that Ashton, younger grandson, is playing with. And he's, he's mobile, but only by doing army man crawl around the living room. So he's got this toy. It's one of those that you, you punch the button and it goes, Pink! you know, the little door pops up and it's Disney characters. And so he's punching those and playing and the doors are popping up and Riley comes over to help. And Riley knows that if you want to get the button to pop up again, you've got to close the little door. 
So she starts closing the door to go back down. And Ashton's finger is inside it. So she starts pushing it down. And it won't close. If it won't close, what do you do? You push a little harder. Well, that happens. And pretty soon, Ashton lets out with the only thing he knows how to let out with. Ah! You know? And it was a fascinating thing to watch. Here's a two-year-old and a nine, it's almost 10 month or 10 month old. The rest of us are sitting around and this happens. He screams, the rest of us go quiet and we start watching to see first what happened and then what's going to happen. Riley realizes instantly, I caused this. And here's what she did. She was down, she jumped up, she turned, and she instantly fell down into a little ball and covered her eyes. She was instantly overcome with guilt. And I thought, yes, thank you, God. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to actually be sensitive and aware of when you fail. When your heart hardens because you won't believe, you stop feeling that. So I was actually very grateful that she felt, even at two, guilt. And so she, she's down in a little ball, and she's got her hands covering her eyes, and then she stands up, and she's looking for family, someone to go to, and she goes over and she says, I'm sick, I'm sick. I'm like, what? What's going on here? At first we thought, oh, she's just making for a nice cover, you know, for what's happened here. She's going to pretend like she's sick so it won't be so bad. And I thought, that's not what's happening. She is describing the best she can as a two-year-old what this just feels like. I am overcome with guilt and I feel sick. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You had those moments where you just, you do something and you know, I shouldn't have done that. This is awful, and you feel sick. That right there is why Jesus came. So in our attempting to cover, hide, and say, I feel sick, Jesus says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden and sick, and I will give you peace. I'll give you hope, I'll give you life, I'll give you forgiveness. There's a washing away of that. This is what that pictures. People who have realized they were sick and they came to the only one who can set them free and there he met them with the cross and forgave them and they're coming today to say, I'm no longer sick. I found help in Jesus, full send. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, today we are grateful that while we were in our sin, while we were without hope, while we were dirty, while we were fearful, while we were covered up in guilt, You sent your son to die for us, to take 
the sickness upon himself. A sickness so great that it would cause death, that your son would die. He would take the judgment for sin. He would feel in himself every horrible moment of guilt and shame and separation and anxiety and panic and dread. He would bear all of that. A pain on the soul greater than the pain of a crown of thorns and nails. And he would take it and die. But that would not be the end of the story. Because in doing so, on the third day, he'd be given life again by you, Father. He'd be resurrected to forever live, to never die, to never know the sickness again. And so that all who believed, all who would come to him in their sickness would find healing and hope and life and freedom. And so today, I thank you for these who come, who come to proclaim what you've done, that they've been set free. We rejoice, for we know you are the only one who can change a heart, and that is what you've done. So we celebrate today with those who are baptized. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited today to uh, introduce you to some folks who are coming to be baptized. And I want to start today with two sisters. So let me have uh, those sisters come if they're ready. They're getting ready. The LaRoche girls. And mom and dad can come stand right over here. Yeah, here they come. These girls are coming on out here and getting ready. Come on up, girls. Yeah, I'm excited for y'all to be here today. We talked together a couple weeks ago about baptism. And, um, and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. You both have. And you're part of a family who believes. Mom and dad are here. And you've put your faith in him. And how exciting to be sisters, to forever remember this day together. Now, you're going to have to remind me which one's Trinity and which one's Riley. It's Trinity and Riley. Cool. How could I forget Riley? Well, we'll start... Ryland, sorry, I'm all Ryland. caught up in. Say, say it again. Ryland. Ryland, love it. Let's start with Trinity since she's older. Is that all right? She's older. You're older. <laughs> Man, I'm really missing it today. Well, you you'll be first then. That's why you were standing right here first. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you were. Well, come on into the water. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Have a seat. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a seat all the way down if you want. You put your legs out. It'd be perfect. Good. Well, church, we celebrate with her today, don't we? We're grateful for what God has done in her life. And in two sisters' lives in a family. I know that Jesus has been uh, lived out in your home. I know that's why you come to him today, because you've seen him in reality. So I baptize you today as a sister in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Take that with you. There we go. All right. Oh, 
All right. All right. Glasses. All right, Trinity. We are glad you are here. What a beautiful name. Trinity, picture of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It was at Jesus' baptism that we saw the Trinity all in, in play. Jesus was there to be baptized. The Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And it says that the Spirit came down like a dove and landed there that day. The Father, Son, and Spirit all there. So today, they are all here as well. The Spirit living now in you. Jesus living for us and the Father directing all. So I baptize you today as my sister in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me have Jeffrey Knapp come up and his family as well. Now, you might recognize the Knapp family because it wasn't too long ago that, uh, that Joe was baptized right here on this stage. And so uh, Jeffrey came to me and said he wanted to be baptized. And that's awesome to a son and a father and a family following the Lord. And I know that part of the reason you know who Jesus is is because of your family and because of your dad. So you're following today in your father's footsteps. Come on in, Jeffrey, into the water. Yeah. In this day and time, it's a powerful statement to have a young man follow the Lord Jesus Christ. At, at an age like this, when there are so many other pressures, when there's so many voices out there, to have a young man who says, I want to live full sin. I want to live for Jesus. He is the one who's first in my life. So Jeffrey, I'm excited about your profession of faith today, that you want to be a follower of Jesus and following your dad's footsteps. So I'll baptize you today, Jeffrey, my brother in Christ, buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. All right. Let me have Josh Tarver come to the stage. <clears throat> if you've been around Vertical for a while, you know the Tarver family. You know the testimony of what God has done. And you know how God has been at work showing himself faithful and strong in their family. And this is another evidence of it right here. Uh, Josh and I talked and uh, a young man in high school, a young man ready to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to make him Lord and do so publicly right here. So, Josh, come on in. Family's all gathered. You can have a seat. Josh is living out his faith and doing so with great courage and boldness and does so with the support of family who loves him, supports him, prays for him. So I welcome you, Josh, into the family of God, making public your faith in Jesus Christ today. You're buried with him in baptism. And raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. 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 All right. We finish today with a couple.
a couple who comes to be baptized, husband and wife. Let me invite Stefan and Heather Urino to our stage this morning. Stefan's going to take just a moment to um, to say a few things about what God's done in their life as a couple. God's done a a lot of great things in our life, brought us closer together, made us stronger as husband and wife. I was going through the Bible the other night, and I come across this verse, and I thought it'd be fitting for what we're doing today, and it's 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, and it says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So he got baptized. That's the first step to walk what he does. Yeah, Amen. And Stefan's taken that role of leadership today in his family to be an example. Bring Christ into his home. And I know that's your goal as a couple together. So Heather, I welcome you first. Yes, let's have the family come on up and stand right over here. Family, y'all come on up. Heather, I welcome you here today. I know you love Jesus and have been waiting to take this step for a while. And today, it's a beautiful thing because you take it with your husband and your family right here. God has arranged this day. God has blessed you. He's going to bless your family. So I baptize you, Heather, as my sister in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Stefan, I welcome you here as well. If you've been here at Vertical for a while, you've probably seen Stefan. He's part of our tech crew and helps out up here with managing the stage activities from time to time. And uh, a, a man who loves the Lord, a man who loves his wife, his family, and is here today to make public his faith in Jesus Christ. There's not many men who do that today. It seems the time has gone by for a man to be the one to be full sinned, it's more challenging. So I'm grateful for men like Stefan who are here today to take this step. Amen, church? Amen. Stefan, I baptize you now as my brother in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope it has inspired you to lift him up and live him out. If you'd like to know more about Vertical Church, check us out online at verticalchurchovilla.com. We'll see you next time.